Hello, good afternoon, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Always Right, our last episode of the year. Uh, and today we are taking a step back. We are going to uh, move away somewhat from uh, current events, especially in the realm of politics, and try to have a little bit of fun on the show. Our wives have been asking. Uh, and we have finally decided to listen. Please, please make the show more fun. Um, so today we are going to be talking about Christmas. Um, it is my favorite holiday for certain. And um, but but we're going to be talking about real Christmas. We're going to be ruining all of your notions of of actual Christmas. Um but before that, uh, Stephen wanted to take some time to uh, cover something, a more local story in Mississippi. Um, Stephen, take it away. This is a sport, so it is certainly your area. Yeah, well, this past week, uh, while it is a local story, it certainly hit national news because Mississippi State is a national, nationally recognized institution, unlike, you know, the, the place where we got our undergraduates, Delta State, you know, it's, it's not really nationally recognized. But uh, this right. past week, their head football coach, Mike Leach, passed away. There was some apparent heart uh, condition that he had that that he had been dealing with and, and um and, had, you know, a lot of people are speculating on what it was. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to go there. But he passed away last Monday, uh, the 12th, um, at UMMC in Jackson. And it was a very, very sad time for a lot of people in our state. Uh, Mike Leach has been uh, adored by college football fans for years now. And everybody was so excited when he came to Mississippi just because he is so fantastic and hilarious. And he's one of the few people that doesn't take himself too seriously. You know, I love Nick Saban. Nick Saban's a great football coach. But – Nick Saban takes himself too seriously, you know, and, and Mike Leach was able to have fun. And that's one thing that people liked about him. He was uh, the pioneer of the air raid offense system and an extremely smart individual. He's the only uh, head football coach that I know of who has a, a law degree. He has a, he got a BA from BYU and then he got his Juris Doctorate from Pepperdine University in Malibu. So um, I'm two religious schools there, but uh, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously a very, very smart person. And I, I know of Mike Leach, not because of his head football coach stuff, but because I, I follow small school football. So um, he got, you know, he didn't get a start as offensive coordinator at Valdosta State. He kind of started at Iowa Wesleyan. But really, he spent like five years in, in Valdosta, Georgia, at Valdosta State University. And that's what I'm familiar with because Jeff and I both got our undergraduate degrees from Delta State University, which is in the same conference as Valdosta State. They're in the Gulf South Conference, which is um, – the the SEC of Division Two, uh, basically what it is, and that's that's where I mean he really started making waves. He uh, he he really perfected that air raid offense and was extremely successful uh, under he like I said he was offensive coordinator, but under head coach Hal I think it's pronounced Moomy I've never or Moom I've I've never heard his name pronounced I've only ever read it. Um, they led Valdosta State to their first ever. Division two playoff appearances and they made it to the quarterfinals twice and in, in five years. And that started them on their upward ascension of being a division two powerhouse. Valdosta State's now won three national championships under three different head coaches over two different decades. I mean, they're they're a very successful football program. And it really all started with Mike Leach. He then went to Texas Tech as a head coach. He then went to Washington State as a head coach and then he came to Mississippi State as a head coach. And it was a, a sad time. 
for sure in our state. We have a lot of Mississippi State fans. Uh, a lot of our friends are Mississippi State fans. And, you know, they, they it's weird that they're grieving the loss of someone they never knew. Um, but it's also understandable because when you're a fan of something, you pour your heart into it. Um, he was probably most well-known for his post-game uh, conferences and, and, and speeches. Uh he, he would talk about anything. He had a habit of like taking a fan question every week and he would talk about anything from his beliefs on Bigfoot to breaking bad. He, he, he would cover anything. And, and the reason I mourn his loss is I think that if anyone could have made Jeff really like football and not just tolerate it, it would have been Mike Leach. And now that opportunity is just gone for. So we're going to play a few of his clips here, and, and Jeff is going to react to some Mike Leach clips that are completely unrelated to football and kind of as an homage to, to the, the late Mike Leach. So so long as he doesn't uh, try to teach me about football, we'll, we'll continue with this. <laughs> well, it's so it's too late to rescue you. Uh, the, uh, the best wisdom that I can possibly give uh, the best w- wisdom I can possibly give on that subject, nine days, and it's a little late. You should have come to me sooner. Um, the, uh, my wisdom would be uh, you, you have to stay out of the way. Now, and I wish you a very happy marriage, and I'm sure you'll have one. But uh, I'm just telling you, uh, when it comes to marriages, uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is <laughs> going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course, my answer was I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th- that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um, all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like, uh, like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is, of course, true. And then, um, well, uh, uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. That's good. It's just going to go back and forth. And they're going to keep away from you until uh, after you're married. So what you need to do is you need to work late hours, work late, but be very nice and supportive. And um, uh, but but they're going to play keep away from you. And there's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. And if you successfully uh, please a few of them, the others will still be, oh, well, I just don't feel like he's that interested. Yeah, okay, so so you need to work late, uh, go in the back room and read a lot of books. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you have to go uh, take the groomsmen out so you make sure that they march in just right and they know exactly, you know, these swell outfits that you picked out or whatever, however you're doing it. You can, um, you can stop it there. That's good. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think about that, Jeff? 
I I mean, <laughs> my wife is uh, notorious for for not making decisions and, and kind of being fine with me taking the <laughs> reins on stuff. Yeah. So I was fortunate in that. But no, he's right. I I just hear there are so many um, women that I work with whose daughters are now getting married. And they've had like three daughters getting married in the past three months. And I'm just listening to it all. And I'm like, oh, no. I like, <laughs> They don't. It, it's good advice. They don't listen to you. Uh, I said I wanted 30 people. At my wedding, uh, I didn't care which 30, just, you know, that's just the limit. Um, so long just as my 30. mom was there, I didn't care. <laughs> my mom and her, that's the only two I needed. Um, and then it, my mother-in-law invited 60, so I was just like, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> man. But no, <laughs> he is funny. I do like that. Um, yeah. Let's see. We got a few more. I think here. the next one is the next one. T Rex arms. That's what. That's that's probably my all time favorite. Now oh, it's not as funny. It's a little more serious, but it's it's good. That, the folding chairs is fine. The the T Rex arms is better. Let's let's do T Rex arms then. Yeah. All right. We don't move our hands very You know, when I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I was in grade school, and I was a big dinosaur guy, and I can't remember the gas station, uh, but they give you a free dinosaur. You know, if you got filled up there, that's back when they had commercials on TV, and then they give something to the kids, people like me, and then uh, and the idea was to raise hell with your parents every time you're in the station wagon. Uh, we had one good classic, like it was about the Wonder Years. It was one of those fake uh, Woody ones where it had, uh, you know, fake painted on wood. But then the best is, is it would always, without the exception, the finish and the varnish on it, it would peel. So then it looked more bogus than ever. So we had one of those. And of course, I tried to sit way back in the, that jump seat back there, you know. So you spaceship or something and uh but anyway so they'd have these commercials and uh then you know open to get the kids raise hell let's go to this gas station i can't remember what gas station was and, and they give you a little dinosaur you know and so they give you some that and grade school and all that and they start talking about evolution and uh you know like as in if you don't use a certain part of your body, uh, as time evolves over, you know, century upon century uh, in natural selection, uh, that part of the body disappears, and even that animal might disappear. And um, and I'm genuinely fearful that on our team, if, if, if me and the other coaches don't get them right, um, <clears throat> that about a generation from now, um, their kids and their grandkids won't have hands, you know, <laughs> because, um, you know, for, from a lack of use, those hands just disappear. I mean, if, if maybe it'll be like this, like those dinosaur hands, like this are. And, and you know, you've got like a Tyrannosaurus Rex who's clearly good at eating, they big old jaws and all that stuff, fairly athletic and fun. 
people's hands are like this. And, and yet, you know, I think we took a very, very, very uh, big step as a team, which we have to correct this. We have to correct this because, um, you know, I think that uh, in the end, that it's going to be best for all these guys uh, that they have good hand development and that they don't evolve to where they don't have hands. Okay, <laughs> we definitely um, didn't use ours, and so there certainly wasn't any genetic oh. on our part um, that we should maintain our hands. I mean, and I don't want all of a sudden, you know, the guys driving across this country, and then they get to Starkville, Mississippi, and all of a sudden there's these athletic looking friendly guys. We have great guys that don't have any hands. <laughs> and I hope that that's not the case. But that's where we're headed right now. And we're going to try to get that fixed and dissolved. So uh, a little context is he was having a problem with his receivers catching the ball. <laughs> like that's what was going on there. So his, his response was they're turning into T-Rex. <laughs> they're not using their hands. Uh, he was the like king of the post post game yeah. interview, you know, and so I mean that gives us a little insight. We don't have to do the other ones. I mean those are those two are, yeah. are good ones. No, um, that's um that's a, he. He seems like a good. I mean, like I I don't I don't enjoy sports, but I understand the the value of a, a good coach. Um, yeah. and and you know Mississippi is uh, tearing up across the the state here uh this week due to that um so he he will obviously be missed um and and his vi- those videos those are on youtube he's got others uh go find them he he said yeah like check he out like, mike leach he was great it was he, he was he was great at post-game interviews and he would he would talk to reporters he would talk to people about anything uh he was famous for always answering a fan question and you know, didn't matter if you asked him about Bigfoot or aliens or anything, he would always answer one fan question a week. And so uh, that, it was always very entertaining to say the least. All right. Let's talk about my favorite holiday, Arbor Day. Yes, Christmas. Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about Arbor Day is that is as far as I can take that joke because I don't know anything about Arbor Day. Neither I thought you were anyone. a big fan of uh, – Earth Day. I thought you were a big, big fan of Earth Day. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Earth Day, uh, otherwise known as uh, Compost Your Girlfriend in Your Closet Day. Um, we can talk about that on Earth Day. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that on Earth Day. Uh, uh, Christmas. we're talking about Christmas. So, uh, Christmas is a week from today. Um, and, uh, Stephen and I have an interesting history with Christmas. We, we both grew up in, um, standard fair, uh, Southern households, uh, where we celebrated Christmas, like any other general family, we, we'd wake up on Christmas morning. There'd be some Santa Claus stuff there. Um, and, um, did you go to any Christmas pageants? Were you in any Christmas oh, yeah. pageants? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every every grade had a different Christmas pageant every year. So, My sixth grade year, I was Papa Bell in the school Christmas pageant, Christmas uh, cantata, whatever you want to call it. You know, the Christmas. Did you do any church ones? I was Papa Bell. Did you do any uh, church ones? I I don't. Well, you know, Christmas is the day you go to church, and so 
uh, Christmas and Easter, we always went to church. I did do some like readers theater stuff for Christmas, kind of, you know, yeah. so I did do some smaller productions for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, so I would I went say, to a, again, a stereotypical Southern household. Yeah. I, I went to a small Methodist chapel. Um, that's where mm-hmm. my family attended. And we, we went on days that weren't Christmas and Easter. Um, so, you know, you have two Whoa, groups what? of huh? people. I know you, you have two groups of people growing up in, in denominational churches. You have those that only go on Christmas and Easter. And those are the lucky kids. And then you have uh, the families that go more often than that, maybe even every week, um, which seemed Whoa. like that was our our uh, I, that was our life. Um, and those kids, those kids are the ones that are actually in the Christmas pageant, um, and the other kids just come and watch, uh, and and just say, "What are they doing to you?" <laughs> and then everybody goes home. Um, so I, I was, I, I've been a shepherd. I've been a, a wise man. I, there was the last time, uh, it was, it was the last time probably because of this story, but also because I was aging out because I was thinking oh, I was like yeah. you, you, fifth or four, yeah. fifth or sixth grade. Um, oh yeah. You were on your uh, way out then too old. Yeah. 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 Too old to be in the Christmas pageant. Um, I was playing Joseph. Um, in, in the little nativity scene. And yeah. fortunately, this was a year where we did not have uh, a live baby Jesus. It was just a little. And just so uh, people wonder, doll. yes, if someone in the congregation has an infant, baby Jesus is. An yes. Baby yeah. Baby so that depended it's, it's on whether. Yeah. Like a, a four Christmas situation with Vince Ball and Reese Witherspoon, like it's that it's legitimately right. like that. And um, right, yeah, if you, you know, if we, you were a member a of the joy to the world, right? If you're <laughs> a member of the church and and you have an a baby that year, that baby is probably going to play baby Jesus. If not that year, then the yeah. next year um, uh, in the Christmas pageant. But this was not one of those years. We had a, a doll. Thankfully, so this was before I was in band or any other um, sort of uh, choir or performance adjacent uh, thing. And uh, we had not yet learned about locking knees. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So um, I was playing Joseph and uh, we were about to start singing songs after the nativity play thing was over. Um, and I, my nerves had must have gotten to me, and I threw up <laughs> during the nativity scene <laughs> on baby Jesus. Um, and so I, you know, I, 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 I mean, everybody noticed, so it wasn't like super subtle, but as subtly as possible, left the stage to go back to the kitchen, and my mom helped get me cleaned up so that I could come back out for the the singing number. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the last time I was involved in any of the nativities, uh, the pageants. Um, Stephen and I and our 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 current forms. We, we don't uh, celebrate Christmas as, as a religious holiday. Um, we, we, oh, you we must enjoy be a Christmas. Christian, Jeff. Uh, you know what? I, there are conversations around this uh, country being held right now. If uh, about whether the fact that Christmas actually falls on a Sunday is reason enough not to have worship. 
on that Sunday. Um, you know, so that, that is where we are as a society. So yeah. um, I am thankful that uh, our society celebrates Christmas. It, it is a Christian affiliated yeah. holiday. It is good to have those. Um, but if you are one of these families that only attends on Christmas and Easter, uh, and that is why you attend your worship service, um, because junior is in the, the play, um, then I think we need to, as a society, have a conversation about what, uh, what worship at, at the church building with, with your brethren is for, um, yeah. So we, we, we don't do much special for Christmas. Um, we might have a Christian, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with having a Christmas themed, um, sermon, uh, lesson. Um, but by and large, it doesn't affect our, our worship services. No, um, no we're not going to have a, a great big cantata. We're not going to have a, a nativity on the stage We're we're going to come in and we're going to have worship like we have worship because, uh, it is the, the Lord's day and we're going to worship him that day. And that, that's how, that's how we view it. Um, uh, like you said, there might, I, well, I know there's not going to be a, a Christmas theme sermon this year. Right. I, I know a guy. I'm saying that churches uh, that do is not a problem. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, people could accuse me of taking the Christ out of Christmas and that's fine because I know the origins of Christmas. Um, it's not, not a Christian holiday. Like it's, it was, it, it was a pagan holiday that, um, you know, they, they Christianized to convert people, which, okay. I don't, I don't have a problem with that, whatever, you know? Um, but it's, it's not a, it's not a Christian holiday. Um, Jesus right. wasn't born in December. By all indication, he was born in the spring or the summer. <laughs> so, <laughs> not Christmas. And, and let's talk about that. We're we're not gonna. Uh, we we are here to because we're know it alls. Admittedly, yes. um, we uh, we <laughs> actually researched uh, the history behind things like Christmas, and and now we're going to bore you with the details. So uh, Stephen says that uh, that uh, Christmas is not a did not originate as a religious holiday, um, that it is not really affiliated with the birth of Christ. It, um, I, I personally don't care if you want to uh, have a lesson about the birth of Christ around Christmas time. Um, we know just from a facts based um, analysis, Jesus likely wasn't born in December. Um, but the fact that people sort of remember that he was born around December, uh, they do that around December is fine. I don't care. But mm -hmm. um, I like to, I, I like Christmas so much that I, I, I wanted to, to learn about it. Um, so the short version of my story uh, is somewhat inaccurate. I like to say that um, the way we celebrate Christmas in, in America today was invented by Coca-Cola. Um, that's, uh, it's not fully accurate, but uh, Coca-Cola was involved. Um, so Steven, you know, a little bit more about the, uh, pre-American, um, what, what is the, what is the pagan holiday? Uh, Saturnalia what, what is, is the most commonly yeah. believed one. Um, and it, it possibly was Saturnalia. It could have been some other things. Uh, the term Christmas even comes from the, the Roman Catholic tradition of having mass, which we don't we don't 
practice mass. We don't celebrate mass. We don't read about mass in scripture. Therefore, we don't have mass. Uh, but they, it's called Christmas because it is the mass for Christ and his birth. There was a Roman historian who who estimated that Jesus's conception happened on March 25th. And therefore, that would make his birth on December 25th. And, you know, when you actually look at the scriptural evidence found in Luke 1 and Luke 2, it probably was spring or summer when Jesus was born, not winter. Um, but it was it was celebrated in the Roman Catholic Church. They were trying to Christianize several holidays, you know, because what does uh, what does what does a bunny, what does an egg have to do with Easter? Nothing, uh, you know. So so there's there's pagan pagan things in the the Christian holidays, as it were. Uh, Saint Nicholas was actually a, a person. Um, he is he is known for two things. He uh, he he gave presents to children. That that's something that he did, or maybe gold coins. You know, people argue over what it was. And at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D., he slapped a heretic named Arius for saying that Jesus wasn't God. And so, um, when you're all out of presents, get ready for the second part of Saint Nicholas. I came to deliver gifts and slap heretics and I'm all out of presents. That's right. I'm all out of presents. Yeah. Um, um, but it was, it was Christianized by the Roman Catholic church in order to get more pagan converts to, to Catholicism. Right. Um, and that's basically the story. Right. So Catholics um, adopted Christmas as a holiday in the fourth century. Um, mm -hmm. sort of lining up with this, uh, and it and Saturnalia was a Roman holiday. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, in the fourth century is also when Christianity started to gain legitimacy in the Roman Catholic Church, um, you know, with Constantine and all that. So that 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 jives. That Constantine um, was what three oh, three something, hey, 307 to 330 three, something. Yeah. Yeah, he he was like emperor that. from 307 to 330 something. Um, anyway, um, so for the longest time, it was a it was a Catholic worship service. Um, mm -hmm. That was like he said, it was the Christ Mass. Um, it, a lot of our modern traditions weren't weren't existent at the time. There was not um, even a Christmas tree. Like some people say that the Christmas tree goes back to like Jeremiah 25. No, Jeremiah was talking about people going into the woods and cutting down idols. He wasn't talking about Christmas trees. Christmas trees were right. not a thing back in Jeremiah's day. Right. So uh, fast forward a long time to the 17th century. Um, in the 1600s, you have uh, pilgrims coming to America. And you have um, uh, also in Europe, you have the... Uh, Oliver Cromwell revolution, uh, Puritans basically taking over a lot of power from Catholics. And uh, they are, Puritans are so decidedly anti-Catholic that they uh, they reject anything associated with Catholicism, yeah. including celebration of Christmas. Um, mm -hmm. It was actually outlawed in the city of Boston to celebrate yeah. Christmas from 1659 to 1681. Uh, you would get fined for celebrating Christmas um, yeah. Yeah. because they were so... So if the early American settlers were so against Christmas, how did Christmas become such a big holiday in the United States, Jeff? Yeah, so um, our Christmas is nothing like what, uh, what preceded the Puritan... Uh, 
migration to America. Um, again, that was a Catholic worship service. Our Christmas is the Christmas that the world kind of celebrates today is decidedly Americanized. Um, mm -hmm. So, I, you know, the, the quick version of this story is, story is uh, about 100 years ago, sort of our image of, of Santa was popularized. Um, because of an ad campaign by Coca-Cola. But there was a lot that happened before then that sort of got us to where we are today. Uh, I say it was very Americanized. Uh, England helped a bit. Um, so in the early 1800s, we have um, in the 19th... So let me back up just a little bit. Um, the Puritans didn't like it. And uh, after the American Revolution, there was sort of a a revival of this anti-European, this anti-English mm -hmm. um, sentiment, which even further solidified, hey, we're doing, we're not really doing Christmas because that seems like a that seems like an English thing. Um, so after the American Revolution, it just sort of reinforced even further. Um, in the 19th century, we have a few things happen. Um, a Christmas Carol comes out mm -hmm. in, uh, and that was early 19th century, I think. When, when was Charles Dixon, Dickens active? Um, and late, late 19th, right? Maybe like late then. Um, let's see. Washington Irving is uh, wrote some stuff in the early 19th century that apparently took. I'm sorry, uh, Charles hold. Dickens did as well. Uh, Charles Dickens okay. lived 1812 to 1870. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and but Christmas Carol was towards the end of his life. Um, yeah. Let's see. So, uh, Christmas Carol came out. Charles Dickens. It's one of my favorite Christmas stories. Love it to death. Um, and published uh, 1843. Right. Um, and then let's see here, the, uh, very popular, uh, poem and account of a visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore, otherwise known mm -hmm. as twas the night before Christmas, um, mm -hmm. came out in 1822. That's early 19th century. Um, the twas the night before Christmas is where we actually get our modern image of Santa. That's where he's mm -hmm. described red coat, jolly face. Uh, rosy cheeks, big beard. Um, yeah, before that, that, that was not the picture of Santa. I mean, even if you went back to romantic literature in like uh, the the Germanic Germania area, Dutch, I Germany, yeah. but Germania, D Dutch, a, you would it, find things like Krampus. Yeah. You wouldn't find Santa Claus, but you would find some evil elf that ate children that were bad. Sinterklaas. Um, so that's where you sort of get your iconic image and that that again that was yeah. popularized um in in europe um it really and so we're just on. talking 200 it, it years time. ago yeah um and then in uh 1881 the first sort of immortalized image of this santa that's described in twas the night before christmas is uh drawn and it's by a uh, a political cartoonist um, named Thomas Nast, and he is he, he. This is the guy that sort of popularized the idea of Democrats as donkeys and and Republicans as elephants. Um, mm -hmm. And so he was a very prominent political cartoonist in America during the Civil War. 
Um, okay. And there's supposed to be some symbolism about this was a, a union propaganda um, sort of image. There's supposed to be some symbolism going on here. I don't really know or care about that. Um, but well, I'll say uh, a few th- things, but I'm not going to spend time to comment on those. But yeah, I say like, a few things for sure. Right. So um, that's uh, that. That's where the very first sort of iconic image comes from. And then, uh, let's see, not long after that, in let's see, when did this come out? Um, 1931, so about 50 years later, uh, Coca-Cola, which is an up-and-coming uh, brand, mm-hmm. uh starts an ad campaign and uh, and hires Haddon Sunbloom uh, to create an oil painting of Santa. Again, in line with Twas the Night Before Christmas, they say, give him a Coca-Cola bottle, uh, make him, you know, you know, rosy cheek. And by happenstance, this was Coca-Cola's coloring scheme, red and white. Yeah, um, look at that. So... Yeah, this is this is like many of you have probably seen this image before. This was the one of the first images of of what we sort of consider to be iconic for Santa. Um, yeah, and then and so like Coca Cola sort of became synonymous with this image of Santa Claus, and and they they pump out a big ad campaign every Christmas, and it's almost like I that's why I call it the Coca Cola holiday, um, and and that's sort of the history behind Americanization. Um, it was also dur- it, it was on the twas- uh, it was the night before Christmas um, and Christmas Carol, those two pieces of literature that uh, sort of may turn Christmas from where it used to be either a, a Catholic worship service or also kind of a hedonistic feast. Um, one of the two or one well, or both. Two. Yeah, both yeah. typically like they would get together and they would just eat. Um, they they would do that, and it sort of switched it to a a family oriented. Um, you know, Christmas became the family holiday. It became a time yeah. where we sort of give gifts, uh, especially for the children, um, in line with the Christmas Carol. Um, and yeah, so. A lot of our modern traditions and the reasoning behind our modern traditions are really just revisionist history. You know, well, we give gifts because the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. No, that's really not why we give gifts. We didn't give gifts for hundreds of years. So, no, that's not why. Uh, there's a lot of revisionists. Now, having said that, is I mean, I don't have a problem if you read Luke 2 on Christmas morning with your family. Like, whatever. That would be a Romans 14 issue. Whatever day you choose to observe, observe it, observe it for the Lord. That's fine with me. Um, but our our true understanding of Christmas is really only about 100 years old. Yeah. And and um, I love it. I love our modern interpretation yeah. of Christmas. I, I like yeah, just... now I went through... Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I went th- I went through a season of my life where I didn't, you know, like there there I didn't recognize the day. It was just another day, and I did nothing with it. Uh, and that was me kind of finding out the truth about Christmas and rebelling against it. But I've I've come back around. I think also having a family and having a kid kind of makes you comes back around to things because you want them to have joy and wonder and splendor and majesty and, and all yeah. those things in their life. 
Yeah, Christmas is just fun. And and uh, Stephen yeah. is uh, fuddy duddy, and um, you know <laughs> I, I feel for his family. Um, his wife is still recovering <laughs> from this. She is. Um, <laughs> she, she really is. <laughs> she talks about it all the time. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I love and and it is for all of the um, you know, all the people who say you need to put Christ back into Christmas, and it is for all of the reasons that are not that. Um, yeah. I, I love the aesthetic. I love, uh, like, I think about things, uh, and what this is sort of what we're going to get into just for, for fun's sake. Um, I think about things that, uh, I remember growing up and there is a, there is a very famous, um, in my family picture of me, uh, as a baby falling asleep under the Christmas tree. Apparently that was a thing that I liked to do. Oh. Um, there was, uh, I, my one of my favorite um, possessions that I have that I actually need to get from my mom because she still has it is uh, a stocking that she had made for me. It's like two snowmen skiing on it. Um, yeah. You know, they, these are just the things that we think about. Like everybody has things that they think about with Christmas um, and uh, just it gives you the warm and fuzzies. Um, I, I've been uh, accused of not having those, the, the warm and fuzzies. But, um, well, I have those, you know, um, I have a, I guess it's technically an antique because anything older than 25 years old is an antique, right? Uh, an antique locomotive, this little Christmas train that, um, uh, it was, it was broke and messed up. I got it for my grandmother. I'd always put it together at my grandmother's house and put it around the tree and play with it as a child. And then when she passed, like people were like, what do you want from, from your grandma's estate? And I was like, I want that train. I don't want anything else. I don't care if I get anything else. I just want that train. And I got that train and like the batteries were left in it and they were corroded. My wife was super sweet and she bought me another one so that I could fix it. And, you know, Gray played with it a little this year and broke it and I had to take it and fix it and had to buy him his own train. Like, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, an, an event, but um, it's it's certainly something that I think about every Christmas and something I look forward to is putting my train together. Yeah, that's why I fuss at my wife for not putting up my decorations early enough. Because <laughs> we love Christmas. Um, so we we have a couple other things. Uh, did you, did you want to mention anything else? I don't know. You know, uh, just it was always the time I have a. I have a medium sized family. I really have a large family. If you consider like all my extended relatives, cause like my, my grandparents were all like one of a dozen, you know, there's a ton of them, but sure. like it was uh, my, my more immediate family, like my, my aunts and uncles and first cousins and all that. Like we still all get together, you know, that's just something yeah. we do um, now. And, and we can't always make it. I live two hours North of my family. We live three hours uh, Southwest of my wife's family. So we really don't always get to make it to the family Christmas, but, um, it really is a, a time that we just focus on family getting together and, you know, we watch yeah. movies and, you know, my wife and I, we made some, some Christmas cookies the other day and, and things like that. Yeah. So I was talking, I was talking to some people at work about this. Uh, we are kind of fortunate in that our families are sort of an hour away from each other. Um, so we get to kind of see yeah. everybody um, in, in the same day. Um, I'm, I'm looking for one. My favorite thing now uh, since I've gotten married is we do Christmas breakfast at my in-laws house. Mm. Uh, that's, that's my favorite thing um, because it's just whatever you think we, you might want for breakfast. We're going to have it. Um, so that's what I typically look forward to my wife 
and and her parents uh, will make cookies, um, sugar cookies for me, those nasty cinnamon things for them. Um, and then uh, um, and then we'll go to my family for uh, my immediate uh, family for lunch and we'll have dinner with uh, the sort of the extended family. So I'm looking forward to all that. Um, I'm also looking forward to uh, just so we, we know people who have um, traditions on what let, let's be honest, like Christmas is now the time you watch certain things where you listen to certain mm-hmm. music. And um, that's kind of like what people associate now. Um, now that we have glorious TV. So I know my, so for in- instance, I know my in-laws are at some point going to want to watch um, Christmas Vacation. That's, okay. a, that's a given. Yeah. It's a, an automatic. It's I have a happen. feeling my wife and I will watch Christmas Vacation and we will pick on her mother about not watching Christmas Vacation because she's. That's the thing that confuses like me. For, for Christmas, like, we gave it to her for a gift. And like five years later, it was still in the wrapper. Like she would yeah. open it. Right. And it's like we have pretty uh, like serious about their faith in laws. Um, I th- was baffled by this because I watched it and I was like, you guys watch this every year? Like, are you serious? Um, because it's not a nice movie. She hates it because she just um, hates Chevy Chase. She can't stand Chevy Chase, so she hates. Can't it. stand Chevy. I, I'm not a. My wife thinks he is hilarious. I'm. It, it, okay. Um, we've Take already watched Home Alone. I, I, I really oh, yeah. like Home Alone. Um, oh, yeah. I, it is kind of. I've realized that Home Alone is kind of boring. Uh, up until the house scene, like where he's booby trapped, yeah. like that's what you. Well, care and, about. and I'll say that that is one of the few films that I, I will I will entertain a serious argument that the sequel is better than the original. I haven't seen the sequel a in a while. Argument. It's been a long time. I know what you're doing later. Uh, sure. So, um, me and my wife, what we like to do also is that we like to watch uh, the Christmas episodes of some of our favorite shows. So um, we are currently working our way through the Christmas episodes of The Office. Um, It's our favorite Mm. show to watch together. And and those are some of the best episodes. Um, Yeah. uh, And obviously we're listening. I've been listening to the classic uh, Christmas radio on Spotify. Uh, that playlist you've been listening to your pentatonics i listen to and, and, and uh, others my wife has serious she has serious and so i've been listening to like uh country christmas and holly and mm-hmm. there's just ugh, there's some songs i just can't stand so I one of my favorite whenever i don't i i do not like country music one of my favorite christmas songs however is a is a country christmas song and I'm not gonna guess who it is because I'll probably get it wrong, but it is the the little toy train song. Little toy train, little toy truck. Is that Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know the artist either. It's a newer song, right? Is it? Yeah. I, I mean it wasn't out when we were kids. It's gotta be Let's a newer see. song. I found a a new one uh, that our listeners should go listen to. It's by the band Alabama, who recently lost their guitarist, one of the greatest country music bands ever. Um, It's called Thistle Hair Christmas Bear. It is 
fan. Oh yeah, yeah that's Christmas what you were thinking all day. Yesterday. You would love it. It's got an ocarina in it, dude. <laughs> ocarina. When's the last time you heard an ocarina in popular music? I mean, it's in one of the most popular games of all time. Yeah, video games. It's in music. Legend of Zelda music. Ocarina of Time. I know. That's okay, why I this is like not a... This is... Okay, I think it as a country song because I think Alan Jackson covered it. Um Oh, but, okay. But it may it may not have been Alan Jackson, but it's uh, "Little Toy Trains" by Glenn Campbell, and it is not an a. Oh song. yeah, uh, it came no, out Glenn in Campbell, like nineteen, enough. yeah, nineteen sixty seven or something. No, not that. Yeah, um, that's old toy trains. I don't know when this came out, but it was Glenn in nineteen sixty. All right, well, let, why don't we talk about the worst Christmas songs ever? Just to go ahead, get those out of the way. Number one. Sure. So I have a list, but I have a list that we're going to go over from, uh, I think this is Esquire. Yeah. But uh, let, let's, I let's hear. Too, but I know. Let, right what, what's your least favorite Christmas song? Like just the top one. Do I have to say it? Do I have to say it? I, I, I know what it is, but I, the people at home need to know. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Like you want to talk about a harsh burn. Okay. The first line of the song is, I don't want a lot for Christmas. And the chorus is all I want for Christmas is you. Am I not a lot? Is that what you're saying about me? <laughs> uh, it was not Alan Jackson. It was Toby Keith that did a cover of that song. Okay, anyway. Um, Man, you don't know so, your country artist. Toby Keith and Alan I, Jackson sound nothing alike. <laughs> they do not sound alike. And that, I don't know. I, I don't know. what It's been a all long right, time. So all I want for Christmas is you. Get that out of there. It is the worst that song ever. Obviously so not. Oh. That is obviously not the worst song. Um, the worst song. The, Chris, the worst Christmas song is uh, Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah. That's my second. That's my number two. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. Heinous! It is so bad. I thought that was Beach Boys. Um, no, it's Paul McCartney. Okay. Simply There's the Beach Boys have one that I hate too. A wonderful yeah. Christmas time. Yeah. Um. Oh. All right. So let's see what Esquire had to say. Um. And I see right off the bat you're gonna. <laughs> oh, I see. okay. So Little Saint Nick is the one that I'm thinking of. I hate listening to Little Saint Nick. Ugh. Okay. All right, keep going. Sorry. All right, Esquire. Number 20, the worst Christmas songs of all time, as according to Esquire. Um, number 20 is Pentatonics. That's Christmas to me. <laughs> and I kind of agree. I some don't like idiot. that song. Some some idiot made some idiot made this list. All right, keep going. <laughs> all right. Then and then a lot that I just haven't heard before. Um John Denver. Please, Daddy, don't get drunk on Christmas. <laughs> Sounds like a non for song. Okay. I mean, okay. All right. Apparently, it's very bad. Uh, bon Jovi at number 18. Backdoor Santa. Again, not heard that one. Uh, number 17 is Oh Holy Night, specifically performed by Christina Aguilera. Okay, I haven't heard her performance of it, but oh, holy night. She must have butchered it. She's a great singer, anyway. Um, number 16 on this list is Maroon 5. Uh, Happy Christmas, parentheses, war is over. Um, 
I think this is a uh, oh, this is the John Lennon song as covered by Maroon Five. John Lennon had a Christmas song. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I I can think of that one in my head. I think that's a trash song because I don't like John Lennon. But um, number fifteen, yeah. we might find this one offensive. Yeah. Is uh, Duck the Halls, which is the Duck Dynasty guys. Oh Santa, man, that Santa is looked a lot like Daddy. So, we uh we we um did a Christmas float several years ago in our local Christmas uh in our local town and we won the best Christmas float and that is the song that we had planned was Duck the Halls by the Robertson family. So it was yeah. good enough to win our Christmas parade. Not not why. Duck the Hall like Duck the Halls is the name of the I guess the album or whatever, but specifically yeah, it, it was is. their it's version good. of Santa looked a lot like Daddy. Uh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't as good as the original, but anyway. Uh, number 14, I think you might agree with this one, is New Song, The Christmas Shoes. It's a, it, okay. It makes things. I, I, I used I to like this song. List. I used to like this song, but it is a manipulative song. <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. Mixed it, it feelings. Is, like, it's, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so number 13, Joel Gray. I'm going to put some glue around the Christmas tree. Parentheses, so Santa Claus <laughs> stick around oh, all hilarious. year. That does sound funny. <laughs> that sounds um, hilarious. Number 12 is Iggy Pop, White Christmas. Nope, okay, don't, Iggy Pop don't. trying to cover the the, the late great Bing Crosby yeah that that would probably put it it's yeah. the worst of all see some of these White are just Christmas like bad covers of Christmas songs like oh, I, I would goodness. like to see a list of just the worst Christmas songs um, number eleven is set it off uh, performing this Christmas I'll burn it to the ground don't know nope uh, number ten I agree with this one I I can't stand it Bruce Springsteen Santa Claus is coming to town. I can't stand oh, Bruce Springsteen. Whenever it comes on the radio, no, it's on XM all the time, and I I have to change the channel. It's really it's bad. Terrible. Um, and he can't sing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Okay. All right. Number nine is she and him. Baby, it's cold outside. Uh, I like Baby, it's cold outside. I think it's a it's a good song, and it got canceled a couple years Christmas ago, song. which makes me like it even more. Um, yeah. Number eight, uh, I have never heard of this, and I don't think that's appropriate. Number eight, uh, by a Tiny Tim, Santa Claus has got the AIDS. I see why it's on the top 20 worst of all times. Yeah, it's really bad. Another one I've never heard of by the Killers is Don't Shoot Me, Santa. Okay. Um... Number six is Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? No, okay. don't know about that. Uh, number five is... I see why they're on the worst of all time. I don't know. Yeah, like, like okay. So I, I, we want to see the classics, right? We want to see like the yes, really sir. classically bad, bad ones. Number five is Justin Bieber's Mistletoe. Yeah, that sucks. Never heard that one. Uh, number That's four weird. is Santa Baby as performed by Pussycat Dolls. Oh yeah, they suck. This one I disagree with, um, and it's a it's in the top five of the worst Christmas songs of all time. 
Number three is the Jackson Fives. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. What? With I like little that Michael. Song. No, that's classic. I like that, that classic. Song. Yeah. No, I, I, I it, wholly it was on a lot of the list. That's a I great thought. song. It was on a lot of oh, the list. I, uh, I can hear it in my head yeah. right now. It's yeah. fantastic. Awesome. Yep. Number two okay, is. Do it. Yeah, you're right. I. That's why I stopped. Number two is Lady Gaga's Christmas tree. I don't know if that that's not oh Christmas tree. I don't know. And then number one, I am vindicated. Number one, I am vindicated. Paul McCartney and the Wings's Wonderful Christmas Time. Um, is, yep. is yeah. it's terrible yeah, at number one. Mariah Carey did well, not. And make so that. I see. But also, this was made by Esquire. These people love Mariah Carey. I mean, for they sure. They love Mariah Carey. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they didn't have Beach Boys' Little Saint Nick on there either. And it's, oh, it's stupid. Um, I, I see I having... Like, so, did, you realize that that same song was on there twice? <laughs> what? And the Pentatonics did it better. <laughs> just, they did it better. What are you talking about? The, uh, it, it didn't wasn't the pentatonics no 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 pentatonics song no no this is a pentatonics original and it's not a good song oh okay yeah well no. i i know you've got it what go find it after this it, it, that's christmas I, to me i guarantee i have it on my phone oh yeah, yeah. it was that's christmas to me it's it's not yeah. a it's it's not as bad as a lot of those that were on that list that's for, well and that's it was at the bottom really sure yeah. So I would I would put some of the my favorites in the top that people don't like. Uh, I love Dominic the Donkey because it's funny. Um, I love I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Uh, it's, it's a, a cute, that, yeah. Funny song. The people put that one on a lot of the worst lists. Oh, I love it. It's so lists. it's like, so cute. Like it. It's just a it's a cute little song. Um, and yeah. probably Dominic the Donkey. Like, Dominic the Donkey. Uh, you know, <laughs> but if they do that, we can just say they're racist against Italians. Um, well, what are some other ones that, that that's really probably my only kind con- uh, anything done by Burl Ives is going to be fantastic. All the Burl Ives stuff sure. is just wonderful. Um, my, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to, uh, uh, white Christmas. I mean, my, my wife is a huge Bing Crosby fan. And so right. we listen to what we, we listen, we watch white Christmas. We watch holiday Inn. um, we watch a lot of the classic, uh, um, claymation movies that's a that's a big thing for us yeah yeah rudolph i like rudolph a lot yeah um that's what the dentist on the the elf dentist yeah let's see and see so what we're talking about was we talk about how you like to uh look at what all the worst songs are but what all the best movies are Mm-hmm. We don't have yeah, one of the best Christmas movies. Right, so do, no, we don't have time to go through all those, but I, we we've got to settle it right now, Jeff. Got hard. Oh gosh, who cares? <laughs> 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 who cares if Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not? It's on this list, so. Um, well, so my opinion of that has changed because of the music that I listen to, because I've listened to so many Christmas albums and so many, you know, different playlists and every song that mentions Christmas, they make a Christmas song. You know, um, what's that stupid uh, Taylor Swift song? Last Christmas. That's not a Christmas song. There's nothing Christmassy about that song. I mean, it's not. But because it says last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Like, it's a, it's a no, it's not a Christmas song. 
Um, yeah, it's the Wham song, right? Uh, but everybody knows it for Texas. Oh, I know it for Texas, but it's the Wham song. Uh, well, I mean, and like they do that with movies too. Like, so yeah, Stevie Wonder, I just called to say I love you. Fantastic song, not a Christmas song. Not a not a Christmas. And so I'm starting. I might I might change my opinion on that one. Oh yeah, it's well. I'm gonna say they've got some clearly not like they've got some clearly not Christmas movies on this list. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is on this list. Like because they celebrate Christmas in the middle of the film. Like it's the whole year. Of course, it's not like uh, stupid. Lethal Weapon is on here. Is that take place during Christmas? Sure does. Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Uh, is that is that the 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 rubric? As long as it takes place during Christmas. Yeah, if it happens is, during, is, well, they, they deal with Christmas trees. He the opening scene, he's selling Christmas trees to like drug dealers. It's like, been a long time. I mean, come on. Lethal Weapon. Um. Well, that's a different. In the opening scene, about. in the opening scene, she's doing cocaine in a hotel. That's what the opening scene of Lethal Weapon. Is. That's. A, um. I, I thought that was that. the second one. That's the first one. Um. No, because that's the South Africans. I thought. Anyway, keep going. Anyway. Uh, let's see here. Die Hard Two is on here. Desire Hard Two take place during Christmas. I haven't seen that one. Dude, you know how long it's been since I've seen Die Hard Two. I only watch Die Hard every year during Christmas. I don't watch Die Hard Two. Trading Places, like with Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. is that a Christmas movie? It um, takes place during Christmas. Okay. Bridget Jones Diary. Never seen it. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. You got an argument. All right, number twenty is the Muppet Christmas Carol. And these are the uh, best, right? Yeah, these are the best. Okay. Uh, nineteen. Yeah, the Muppet Christmas is, Carol is incredible. Yeah, nineteen is Carol. It came out in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, I don't know. It's a Christmas Carol. Oh, uh, Carol the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Uh, number eighteen is Shop Around the Corner from nineteen forty. Uh, number 17 is in Bruges, I don't know, 2008. It looks like it's got Colin Farrell in it. 16 is Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, yeah. 15 is one that seems like it might it might not be, but it, I think it is, is the Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That is a Christmas movie, I feel like. I, the first half of it, it does change. Um, number 14, uh, Eight Women from 2001. Never heard of it. Number 13 is Scrooged. Yes, that, fantastic. Well, that's uh, Bill Murray, right? Yes. Number 12 is Batman Returns. Which that's one of the takes place during Christmas. Christmas. Movies of all- <laughs> yeah. Number 11 is Charlie Brown Christmas, obviously. Uh, 11? Yeah. Number 10 is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. Dude, what list is this? This is awesome. This is timeout.com. I don't know. Timeout Um, is stupid. Keep going. Well, Rotten Tomatoes was stupid, too. I'd never heard of half those movies. Uh, Number 9 is The Snowman from 1982. Looks like a cartoon. Uh, number eight is Edward Scissorhands. Was that a Christmas yes. movie? Yeah, I mean, again, if it takes place during Christmas, 
Does it? I again, it's been I'm a not, while since I've seen I'm that. not a big Tim Burton guy. I've never been a big uh, Tim Burton guy. Uh, number seven is a Christmas story. Uh, number six is Home Alone. Number five is Bad Santa. That's kind of like Christmas Vacation. I kind of like, probably shouldn't like that one, but I do. Um, number four, number four is Elf, which I think is a little bit overrated. Um, number three is Gremlins. Number two is Die Hard. And number one, you know, this is how you know it's a good Christmas list is It's a Wonderful Life. Okay, so Jeff, next year we're making a list of the actual. We're going to make our own list. Yeah. Like Santa Claus, the Uh, Santa Claus was number 49 on this list. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. The Santa Claus is awesome. It it is. I love the the, the Santa Claus. So creative, just completely reinvent the story. I love it. Um, the fact that in the top 20, I didn't hear Holiday Inn or White Christmas. I mean, Holiday Inn was further the down the scores uh, alone. Both of those were further down the list, they weren't in the top 20. The, the scores alone should put them in there. Now, I, I, it's a wonderful life being number one. I get it. Yeah, I think we need to, to watch that every year and have the yearly reminder that life is important and our life right. is good. That is, you know, that that's a great message. Um, but in the top 20, no, no Burl Ives. It's just, it's a travesty, an absolute travesty. Um, yeah, the Santa Claus not being in there, that's that's inexcusable. Elf being number four. I like Elf. I watch Elf every year. Number I think, four? I think Elf, Elf is the avatar of Christmas movies. It just How took dare. off. It what was, it mean? was. It was competent, and it took off, and it just blew up way more than it had any right to. Uh, like no, no, okay. So Elf, Elf is good because John Favreau had a clear vision, and he would not depart from that vision. He he wanted to make an he wanted to open with an old school claymation film. He wanted to open uh, in this magical world. And, and so they did it old school claymation. He, he wanted to not use CGI in order to make Buddy the Elf bigger than everybody. So they used forced perspective. Like, no, that's a fantastic film because John Favreau had a very clear vision of what he wanted out of that film. Um, and so, but it's still not the number four best Christmas movie. Like, get that crap out of here. I mean, it's okay. I, I like Home Alone. I like Home Alone a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of big fan of Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, yeah, I I I I have a conspiracy theory. Everybody's talking about it's not on TV anymore. It's not coming on TV anymore because Apple bought it and they're not allowing it to be broadcasted. Uh, my conspiracy theory is that they bought it because Linus basically quotes Luke chapter two for everybody to hear, and they're like, ah, well, we don't need all that Bible on TV. Let's get rid of it. They bought all of the peanuts though. They do that yeah. for all of the people. So like, Linus yeah. can't say Luke chapter two on TV. Okay. All right. I think they just want you to buy it. Theory. You can buy it from their platform. <laughs> it just did. It just DVD they took away my platform. they just took away my ability to stream it on Amazon. Um Stupid. but anyway. Well, that that is uh our Christmas episode, <laughs> unless we have anything else. <laughs> 
Um, I'm, I'm good, man. Uh, I had fun. I, 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 we needed some levity. We've been talking about a lot of things that people may consider to be downers. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, a little levity is good. Uh, we're not going to see y'all next week. So this is indeed our Merry Christmas. And we're not going to see you the week after that because it is the, the new year. So uh, season one of Always Right with Jeff and Steven is coming to a wrap. Yeah. We're glad that, you've been along for the ride. Yeah, that will be it for 2022. Always Right. Uh, we will see you next year. And we hope that each of you uh, does something worthwhile. Uh, this Christmas, uh, go, go, go see the people important to you and, uh, have some fun. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, we are going to, because I love Christmas. So, uh, until next time, guys, we'll see you. Hey, you've just finished listening to an episode of Always Right. If you like what you heard and want to help support the channel, please be sure to like the video and follow us on Facebook or subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please consider rating the podcast five stars. And as always, please leave us a comment, whether hateful or glowing, as we appreciate the feedback. Tune in next week for another episode of Always Right with Jeff and Steven.